It's the Sunday MMA show. What is going on, everybody? Happy Sunday. Welcome to the Sunday MMA show. I'm Ruben Don Gallen Jr. with my co host, Trent McGregor. What's going on, bro? What's up? What's up? What's up? Another Sunday episode seven i gotta get i gotta get it right this time episode seven <laughs> we're here man we're filming this or sorry recording this on november 15th uh sunday man and uh last night ufc vegas 14 uh such a big time uh card Fun, not as not as great as the last one but great main right. event between paul felder and rafael dos Anjos, and mm-hmm. i guess we'll start there RDA, we both said, uh, you know, he delivered an incredible performance. Went went to uh, went the distance, five rounds with Paul Felder, who originally took the fight on with what four or five days notice after Makachev pulled out with a with an injury. And man, mm-hmm. you and I both said Paul Felder's got this in the bag, and I yep. think, and yeah. to be fair, I think we'd both agree with the same uh, prediction if Felder had a full camp. Yeah, but. I didn't. I didn't think that he was going to be. Um, I didn't think that the short notice thing would play into it as much as it did. Well, he was training for a triathlon prior to that. Yeah, but a triathlon is so much different to a hundred percent. But he's still, <laughs> yeah. but he's still training. He's still active, and I'm sure yeah, you know he was fit. training with guys in the gym, right? Coming from Duke Rufus, he's he's in there and he's training. Um, but I think the biggest thing we have to talk about is RDA's performance. And I think he's kind of back in that picture. We were both last week talking about him being a gatekeeper for the UFC, whether that was at the 170 or the 155 comes down and pretty much dominates Felder, even though Felder had the numbers from the striking department, RDA kind of controlled him in every part of the fight. Um, So, I mean, I, I found that was, that was shocking to me. It was the, it was the, it was the damage versus accumulation. So, um, Paul Felder, like the first round, I was like, okay, I'm giving it to him. I'm giving it to him. And then he got cracked wickedly just before the bell. And even though he's up on the numbers, you know what I mean? He's, he's landed more significant strikes. RDA landed a hell of a significant strike, which changed the whole course of that fight. You know what I mean? If he had... And, that just was the story of the night. It seemed that, like, if they was to have a boxing match, Paul Felder's going to win every day of the week. But it's not boxing; it's um, mixed martial arts. And RDA is a is nothing short of a beast, bro. Especially on I the ground, he, beautiful jujitsu. Yeah, yeah, good wrestling too, and like, yeah, just the his his striking. It wasn't um, it wasn't uh. Well, didn't have the numbers that Paul Felder did, but shit, he had so much better shots. Bigger moments. You know I mean? He didn't get he didn't get caught with anything either, really. Like he didn't get he did a little, but nothing that put him in danger. Of he didn't get rocked. I don't, I don't believe he got he got he got caught, but he didn't get he didn't get. There was no moments where you were like oh oh oh, you know what I mean. But there was for Paul. There was a few. So. Yeah, well, I think the well, watching that fight was you could it was like a striker versus a grappler fight. 
you know, the moments when Felder, especially in the championship rounds, when he took the center and was able to keep his distance, you can see, right. Felder was, was knocking him around when he kept the distance and he was staying in the middle, but that was only for the first, what, minute and a half of the round before RDA would attempt to take down or get him up against the cage and finally slam him down. He also had a beautiful slam, which I think was in the second or third round. If you remember that, um, he had him up against the cage and, 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 and threw him down, which is beautiful. Yeah. Oh man, RDA just just an incredible performance overall. Like that was that was so fun to watch from him and an unexpected, um, which is a bit of unfortunate because he's a former lightweight champion. But you know we were on the we were on the course of seeing that the guy is a gatekeeper. But I mean last night we 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 saw it all. Um, for me, I think with Felder, this is almost a no loss no win type of situation for him because he took the fight on like four days notice he's still ranked he loses to rda who's a former lightweight champion um i don't think felder really loses out on this because he picked up the fight on short notice um i think he's going to get thrown back in there with a with a guy that's ranked again um in the next bit um but for rda this is a huge coming out and saying i'm still around um, and then after, obviously, he talked post-fight and said he wanted Connor again. So, I mean, I think RDA is a player again in the division. Um, yeah, he could be, yeah. I think, I thought, just on Paul Felder, I thought that he retired. Like, he 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 um, he, he was ret- retired. And then he's, yeah. so he's like, he he's one foot in, one foot out. So, we might not see him fight again. Maybe. We probably will. Because, I mean, his job is to sit there and watch Talk. fights. Yeah. Well, post-fight, he said that he wanted to fight again. So yeah, he maybe he found that love again. I don't know what it is, but Felder looked, looked, Felder looked good on the feet, right? Standing up, he was fantastic. He's sharp as hell, bro. Oh, he's so good. Hell. If he's been training for a triathlon, he, you know, he probably hasn't been doing too much, like, martial arts training. You know what I mean? I thought that he might have helped someone out of Duke Rufus's camp. Um, but I didn't know. I didn't have any, you know what I mean? There was no 100%. I just had. I just thought that he was. Because I've seen a couple of posts of him on Instagram and he had been training. And so I was like, he must be in there going hard. And then when he took this fight, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, Paul's not a dumb guy, bro. Yeah, well, Felder, Felder's... Felder would definitely showed up smaller in this fight than he has in the past. A lot leaner mm-hmm. and a lot more well, slim. And he did and the, fight at 170. He yeah. did fight at 170. Fought Mike Perry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think uh, for for this fight, it's an interesting one because at first I kind of looked at it as, well, if it was Islam Akashev, we both would have said, okay, this is the coming out party for Islam Akashev to put himself in the conversation. Yeah, the UFC is going to try and throw together another fight card for him, or put him on um, a main card on a pay per view. We all know that the the, the UFC is going to be vying for a spot for Islam Akachev to be uh, in that we, conversation. I don't know though, because I tell you why. I think he's pulled out of the last three fights. I think he's pulled out of three fights in a row, and he pulled out two times in a row, and then they gave him a main event. So they gave him a handful of aces and he fucking dropped it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he's what do you do with this guy? He's got abs- he's, he's, he's not reliable. You know what I mean? You can't build someone up who doesn't turn up. 
And well, like I, I like them. I like their team. But bro, you got to, they, like, like Connor says, you're a consistent pullout artist, man. You know he's never going to get another main event, not for a while, not for a while, because he can't be trusted to turn up, because he's showed three times in a row that you're unreliable, brother. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, he had a, he had a staff infection during his weight cut, yeah. so it's that's like tough. Dana, Dana doesn't see it like that. You can have a broken, broken foot, broken hand, broken. You could you could die for all he cares, man. He's gonna lose out on millions of dollars. He's gonna be like, I don't yeah. care, you didn't turn up. I don't care, you didn't turn up. You can have all the infections in the world, but if you get it three times in a row, then you're doing something wrong. Well, his last fight was UFC two forty two. Last year, yeah, on year, on Khabib and Dustin's undercard, um, again, you know, and, uh, yeah, or sorry, on the main card, but he was on the main card of Khabib and Dustin of last did you, year. <laughs> did you, did, yeah, did you watch that fight of of uh, Islam's? Yeah, not not not, um, the best. not a jaw dropping performance. No, not a main event fighter in my opinion. And Davy Ramos is kind of a nobody yeah <laughs> yeah well yeah no for real though he's not like a ranked you know not not top 10 not top five like you gotta just sometimes when the ufc attempts to build people up it doesn't really work in their favor sometimes you just have to let the game roll naturally and have like um have like uh, a schedule like every single other sport you know what i mean like every like basketball and football you know who you're going to be competing against for a whole year way, way before it happens now in mma they take these guys that because the future changes so fast for them and then they're like oh we're going to build up so and so now the reason why they're building up islam is because of because of word of mouth is because khabib talks about him because Khabib's dad trained him because Javier Mendes said he's the best because everyone's talking about him in AKA but what has he done and that's it that's what you have to you don't get into the Super Bowl by winning three games you know what I mean how why are you getting paid why are you getting these main events when you haven't fought in over a year and your last performance was average that's just my opinion I don't know if they're going to be investing in him again for a main event for a while. I'd say that, I'd say that he'll be on like a co-main event, possibly for a fight night. That's my honest opinion. But I mean, no offense, but these cards that they're putting together with Figueredo and that—that's a fight night card. So who knows? He might get a co-main <laughs> event. He might get a co-main event on a um on a pay-per-view. You know. Who knows? I was waiting for that zinger. <laughs> I was waiting for you to take a shot at the flyweight division. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But okay, so so part of me, part of me says agree, and the other part says Islam Makachev. I think would have been a good test either way. I think this was the, I think this was the benchmark fight, which is the perfect fight night. You know, perfect fight night card. See two guys. Everyone's known RD for such a long time. Islam Makachev, if he the biggest fight of his career, if he beats him. I you just know, want to say something here. I just want to. Sorry to cut you off, brother. Yeah. But, shit, I don't know if he would have won. No, RDA looked out awesome, man. RDA ain't no pushover, bro. He might have smoked him. 
Well, I we're both on the side of like who knows because RDA, as much as we talked about him being a gatekeeper last episode, uh, he's still a former champion. He's been in the fight game. He's been in the UFC for twelve years, mate. And he looked good. He looked the best he has in such a long time. It looks like he's, he reinvented himself. Tough chin. Um, he was able to close the distance. Uh, I, I got to say underrated. His clinch work last night was so good. Um, his his work in the clinch against the fence. Um, I mean, that foot, that that subtle foot sweep that he had, I think that was in the fourth round. Uh, just it, he had the whole game was working for him. Um, he was able to close the distance after a minute. I mean, he, he took punches and I think he just kind of ate him and let Felder just work, you know, work himself out of, out of his stamina. You know, we had the conversation last week, you know, you're talking about, you look at the fight, UFC, the UFC game when you're throwing shit and you're losing out in stamina and, and a guy like Paul Felder isn't training for a five round fight, you know, your shit's going to deplete a lot faster and I think RDA just kind of ate those punches for the first minute, closed the distance, and just started working him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I just um, want to touch base because, let's be real, RDA had a mean fight. He won. I think in every aspect, I can give Paul one round. Um, but then one of the judges was um, was on crack and gave – <laughs> Did he give him a 50-45? To he gave, I think he gave him four rounds to one to Felder. Yeah, son, you need to you need to go and empty your locker, <laughs> and you need to cancel your subscription from ESPN. <laughs> you should be banned for life for watching fights because how he got that how he got that job is beyond me, mate. How that man guy. What is he like? What, like you know how people say, "Oh, what fight was he watching?" You know, this is like seriously, like, what are you, Paul's mate? Like you, you guys, <laughs> you guys hanging out on the weekends? Like, did you bet on this fight? You know, did you bet? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> I think they got to investigate that, that dude, because that fishing, was like as hell. I mean, I was I. Watching last night's fight, I texted you immediately after it finished, and I said, "Yo, I'll be shocked if RDA doesn't win this by unanimous decision." Bro, I have a bone to pick with you too. Well, I had <laughs> oh, because you were <laughs> I, I had some stuff to do last night, right? I'm like, texted Ruben, I'm like, "Yo, I, I got some stuff to do. I'm gonna have to catch the replay, like, like you know, like." I can't talk about the fights because I don't know what's going on. I'm like, I'm staying off social media, everything. Like the message was as clear as it gets and I'm running errands and, and he's, he's texting me updates and I'm like, Oh shit. I'm Xing my phone, everything. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? It's all good though. I, um, I had to text you updates, man. It was a good, it was actually not a bad card. It was, it was, was it was a really enjoyable card. I was like, shit. You have to me, talk about like, this. I didn't want to text you and be like, what are you doing? Stop texting me because I didn't want to see what you had been saying. Okay, well, I'll know that like, for next time. <laughs> updates, but now, nah, next time I'll be watching them. But um, uh, I, I, I wanted to go into that fight watching it and you were like, I'll be surprised if, uh, if RDA doesn't win by unanimous decision, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm, like, I'm going to try and <laughs> score this fight for Paul Fowler somehow. I want to give this man an argument, but I just couldn't. 
I just, he just, he lost most aspects, to be honest. He done very well with his, um, the accumulation of strikes that he, uh, he had. He had some high numbers, eh? But, but he has yeah. had no zoom behind them. Well, I think the first round, if, if there's a round that I could give to Felder, it was round one. Um, but RDA won that round late. Um, but most of the damage or all the strikes were accumulation based on the first first minute and a half of each round. Yeah. They both come together and, you know, what do they always say? You start a fight on the feet. You start a yeah. fight standing. You start the round standing. Um, and as long as Felder was able to stay in the middle and keep the distance, the, the distance sorry, um, he was winning that aspect. But... Yeah. You know, you can't you can't be throwing flurries and haymakers and wild shots from the middle and, and, and dominate that center of the cage for five minutes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I mean RDA just took over and he kind of just let him blow his gas tank and say, yeah. Okay, go ahead and throw as much as stuff you want. You're literally not going to knock me out. And yeah. then he went in for the kill shot every time, right? And and so RDA took advantage, put him up against the cage and just let him work. Right. So yeah, like the uh, the 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 technical side of the fight with the striking in there it wasn't one sided like Paul was all the way in there, but as far as the judging goes, I feel like we need more judges, and in my opinion, you need to have someone who is literally not judging by how many strikes have been thrown, not judging by takedowns, not judging by technique, nothing. Just the extra judge that just looks at these men, reads the body language, looks at their face, how much damage is done. You know what I mean? How are they feeling? How tired are they? And I think that is one area of judging. We need more judges. The system needs to be changed, and that needs to be looked at. Like I felt like RDA took Paul Felder's soul. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 the like the fact that that guy gave him four rounds makes me sick. It feels, I feel cheated. You know what I mean? It's just, and even you saw his own facial expressions when he was like, what the hell? Like Paul was like, when he heard that, there's a split decision and he looked over them and was like, are you serious? Uh, you know what I mean? Very honest like when, guy. Felder's a great dude. When the, when the fighter calls out the judges, which has happened to fight nights in a row you have a problem like a big problem you know what i'm saying do you think sorry to cut off your point do you think almost the ufc and bellator and and at least in the states do you think the answer is the mma needs its own athletic commission an mma commission because i really think that's the only that's the only solution to this problem because yeah there's got to be its own commission where it can sanction its own judges where they yeah. know they can regulate the protocol and the rules and, and the scorecards and the scoreboards and yeah. all of that shit. I think like the boxing style has not worked for how long now? And it well, still continues to be an issue. It's like, it's like using a football referee for a rugby game. Yeah, it really is. It's two different sports. Let's not do that. Let's have, and I'm going to be honest with you. We've seen it time and time. We've seen it for the last about five years. Just recently, MMA is more popular than boxing. The numbers are going to turn. The tide is going to change. This sport is going to be bigger than boxing. 
the superstars that are coming through are going to be more popular than I'm going to say it Floyd Mayweather in the next 10 years. You know what I mean? There's going to be new guys. There's, there's, it's going to continue to grow. The numbers of the sport have only got a bigger. We are literally reaching a place where we can have fights every single weekend. Boxing has never had something like that. And not only that, is that it's a little bit more boring. Like I hate to be the, you know, the, the bearer of bad news, but boxing is not as exciting as MMA. And that's just to the naked eye. You know what I mean? Like watch, I want to touch base on the co-main event. Did you see that? Oh, Al-Hassan in the oh chaos. Oh, that was one. Oh my God. <laughs> Possibly the best knockout I've seen this year, followed by the worst interview. Yeah. <laughs> like, I watched that fight like yeah, 10 man. times back to back. No, I watched it about 10 times, bro. I was sitting in front of my, my Mac and I had my headphones on. You know, 30 second right hand. And I was and straight like, to the grill. I had that shit mm. turned all the way up, son. Mm. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I was like, this is a little bit too much violence for me. I was like, I love this shit. <laughs> you know what and I mean? Then Dana, like, Dana shakes his hand as he walks out and he goes, dude, that might have been one of the most vicious knockouts I've ever seen. Yeah. Amazing he, to hear that from that guy. And then he goes, <laughs> and, then he goes and does his post fight interview. <laughs> It just sounds like a, a douchebag. Just an absolute, like, I don't even, like, like I don't know. That that moment on, for him on the mic was too soon. They needed to run some reps for that. I mean, just maybe a little. I mean, he's uh, now the fourth welterweight with knockouts with uh, more than one knockout under 30 seconds or with 30 seconds or under. So. Yeah, that, see, like, Kamzat Shemaev should be fighting that guy. You know yeah, I mean? yes, yes. Because those two guys are in the same position in the sport. They're both up and coming. I mean, Kamzat talks a little bit better. Like, I'm going to be honest, that guy needs to learn how to speak properly or something. He needs to figure his... He's got to get the media reps in, man. That's that's the part. You know, when the mic comes in front of you, it's a completely different speech than when you're talking to your friends, right? So... He needs to figure out his grammar. He's, he's giving shout-outs to Jay-Z and Kanye, I think. And they well, probably no, have no clue who this guy is, right? <laughs> he's shouting out, um, who's he shouting out? Uh, uh, Meek Mill. Like, what's up, Meek? Like, Meek Mill ain't watching your fight on the, on, you know what I mean? On a fight night, brother. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh. Jay Z is busy with Beyonce right now, son. <laughs> he's busy making billions of dollars. And you probably yeah. made like $75,000 off of this fight, probably $50,000 bonus. Yeah. But that's chump change, shout- these guys. Yeah. Shout someone out until they shut you out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or maybe just get on a maybe get on a main card of a pay per view. Then maybe you can start, you know, maybe shout yeah. out uh, the local artist. <laughs> yeah, just um, just for, <laughs> take it easy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but but at least it wasn't as bad as um as uh, uh, Strickland. Strickland. Oh, what a on, joke! Man. Okay, so can we just talk about him as a fighter first? I sent you that. So another bone to pick with you or bone to pick with me. I said, Sean Strickland might be one of the most awkward strikers I've ever seen. He, Mm -hmm. he, he, he stands very stiff. His hands are together just above his chest. And he fights as if he's like a 12 year old. That's, you know, throwing punches at an invisible enemy. I'm going to say something. 
Okay. Uh, it, it, he, he knocked the guy out though in the second round. Um, I just found him. He just looked so awkward and stiff and weird. His his hands are his hands are in close. He's tight. Um, like his hands are in touch close to his chest. He doesn't reach at all. So he doesn't use distance as much as a standard MMA fighter. Like he does no touching. He, he has his hands like very close to his chest all yeah. the time. And when he throws his punches, he doesn't twist from his hips. He, he, he seems kind of to throw, he uses his shoulder. Like he fights like, do you remember those things that were like those boxes and you hit them on the head? Yeah. And the arms just come out straight. That's what he fights like hands and tight. And then, Hit him on the head and the arms come out straight. But I'm going to be honest with you. That style is not going to work for a very long time. Okay, it's going to work for a few guys. But as soon as someone starts using distance and angles, you're screwed, bro. Because you don't have any... You know what I mean? It's uh, it's, 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 it's just maps. Like it's really maps. You know what I'm saying? I was just going to say, imagine him against uh, Jorge Masvidal. Dude, Jorge Masvidal <laughs> would make that guy's Christmas come early. He would put him into next week, and he'd been he'd be in a coma. Jorge Masvidal took his head off. <laughs> I just so this was a catchweight bout at one ninety five. Yeah, he's a middleweight. Yeah, holy crap, man! Can you imagine him against Izzy? <laughs> it's done. I mean, I would laugh. He probably, st- <laughs> probably like last thirty seconds in there. He keeps his head so far up straight; it's literally sitting on a platter. Yeah, he, his, I was going to say his stance is not a typical MMA style. He's not even standing in a Muay Thai stance. He's just literally standing up front like he's holding something yeah. in his palms. And I found that yeah. so interesting. And, and I thought Dude, Brendan, and like, Brendan Allen was having some success too on the striking department, but I think Sean just had a better chin. He's just, um, yeah. I don't know, but and like you need to, with someone like that, you need to jab away so it brings their hands up and then you need to use your footwork, change the angle go for like have your punches coming your backhand coming in from like um, 45 degree angle sort of thing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just mix it up on him and like go to the body with him as well the, he's winning because he's he's coming forward so heavily so he's applying a lot of pressure but it'd be even it's um <laughs> he's not going to knock anyone out with one shot either. You know what I'm saying? Because he's not got any leverage in his punches as well. The thing is that where they're really good is that you can't read what he's doing because he's not winding up on anything. No, it's just coming straight from his shoulder. Pow, pow. You know what I'm saying? So he, that's where he's, he's, he's walking forward. He's doing the right thing, cutting people off and his shots are difficult to read. He's got a lot so, of power from that too. The shots from the shoulder yeah, were pretty powerful. Because that's if you took that man into a boxing club in a boxing room anywhere in the world, they're going to tell you what yeah you're doing it wrong. Boxing's yeah. very much like that. They're going to say, "Hey man, that's not how you box. You don't do this." Like that's what boxing's like. I, that's why I'm not a huge huge fan of it. Because there's the sport itself is figured out, and there's a right way and there's a wrong way. And if you ain't doing it the right way, you're doing it the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? And nothing that he is doing is fundamentally correct. Nothing. Not even where he's holding his hands, how he has his head, how he's standing so upright. He literally has no bend in his knees at all. You know, his footwork's pretty average. Like, his pressure and 
how fast he is, 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 is helping him a lot. And his ability to strike without being read. So he's able to put combinations together without giving any of it away. You know what I'm saying? I mostly want to say that he just won that fight purely on being more athletic and just being tougher. Yeah, you know, tough. I don't. I just don't. Yeah, I, he, he took he, Brendan Allen landed some pretty vicious shots and flurries, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, he just kind of ate it. And so you kind of just you kind of you, know, you hang up your coat, you tip your cap, yep. and you say, "Buddy, you landed some mm-hmm. pretty good shit, but I got a better chin than you. Better chin than you. That's all you can do, right?" So, yes. I mean, this is the catchweight fight doesn't really do anything for the ufc it doesn't move any needle good fight <laughs> though is, and, you know it is what it is right second fight in a couple of weeks eh? That's, I've seen him that, yeah it's two two fights in two weeks like uh, yeah i literally seen him fighting all that long ago and he fought exactly the same way yeah so and he, he was a he was um he wasn't the best human being after that fight either he's a bit of a douche after that fight too yeah and like, during that fight he was talking and lipping off in that and uh um uh, I can tell by the way that Mike Bisping talks about him through the commentary that he's not a huge fan of this guy. So, um, and that's coming from Mike. And um, I don't know if anyone listened to his post-fight press conference, but I don't know. Um, yeah, he's a he's a bit of an asshole. Let's just be real. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. want to throw shade at anyone, but I'm just being honest. And you should um, you should treat people how you want to be treated. So if you want to treat people like that then don't expect it. Don't just don't be surprised when you get it right back from absolutely everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. And with performance like that, you shouldn't be talking that much. You did good. You won. You got the job done. You're beast. Tough. But um, no, nah, not the best. And um, backed up by a, a douchey press conference and and screaming in your opponent's face afterwards and then making excuses to um, how do you, what do you say? Making excuses to, to make it okay for your shitty human beingness, <laughs> you know? Well, I don't even think he should have been talking in the first place. The dude's fighting at a catch weight. So, I mean, what the hell? I mean, just, mm-hmm. Oh, let's leave it at that. The dude's an asshole, had a good performance, tougher chin. Yeah. yeah is tough what it is. But yeah. I want to, I want to circle back to <laughs> yeah. this. I want to circle back to, because I think, Initially, we had said, you know, going back to the point when I brought up Islam, Islam Akachev was, uh, this was going to be a needle mover fight because either way it was going to turn, there was going to be some sort of uh, result that would lead into something else. Um, Mm -hmm. Felder steps in, five days notice. Um, I initially said to you, it's not a win or a loss for Paul Felder. If he loses, he he took the fight in five days notice. He wins, you know, he's right back in the conversation. Um, so I think for me with RDA winning, I believe, well, he called out Connor after the fight. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that, but I think with RDA kind of getting, you know, winning that fight, whether it was Islam Akachev or Paul Felder at 155 puts him back in the conversation. And I, I don't necessarily want to see him fight Connor. Cause I think once Connor fights Dustin, which, you and I believe it's going to go Connor's way. I think a great fight to make. And uh, uh, in a couple, let's, let's say in three months or just under the same car that Dustin and um, Connor fight. I don't know how, how willing RDA is, you know, going to 
be to bounce back right after a fight like that, maybe two months, short bounce back, but he'll have time to prepare. Yeah, it really RDA, depends on RDA yeah, and Michael yep. Chandler. Well, that should have happened. That should have been Michael Chandler. And well, not that, exactly, and you were the one who texted me last week and said Michael Chandler should have been the guy to step out yeah, to that fight. Well, that's his job. So and, I, I agree with you, but I also mm-hmm. disagree. I, like, I think we yeah. have two points to this. I, I think this was a great would have been a great fight for that to happen. But I also disagree in the sense of if I'm Dana White, mm-hmm. this fight does nothing for Michael Chandler. It doesn't do him any good. Because if he beats RDA, everyone says RDA is the gatekeeper. Michael Chandler is just getting in. But if RDA beats Izamakachev, which I think he we after seeing a performance like that, and or you know obviously the win last night. Now it makes more sense because Rafael dos Anjos is, is coming off a win against a, 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 a top ten guy in the rankings, which means I think RDA is probably going to find himself back with a number, and then he fights Michael Chandler. Well, RDA was twelve, right? That's what I thought that he came into that he was ranked twelve, and what was Paul Felder ranked? Paul Felder was ranked seventh. So RDA was probably slide to. I don't think he'll take seventh, but he'll go. He'll go. He'll go up and hit yeah. maybe nine, ten, nine. Well, the UFC rankings are just so. Yeah, who knows? They don't. It doesn't matter too too much anyway. But he had a sweet performance, and um, it's like good enough to where you don't even know if Michael Chandler would have beaten him. Don't even know if Islam would have beaten him. Yeah, he, like had a perfor- all- he had a great performance last night. The big question mark over how good his dude is, he's damn good. Um, probably smart for, on Michael Chandler's behalf not to take that fight because the juice isn't worth the squeeze in his – it's a business, all right? And you do not want to take a guy who's ranked at 12 that can fight like that on that sort of notice. That's a big, hard fight, like – that's why Dan Hooker turned down fight again. I don't think that he did turn down a fight against Islam Makachev, but um, he doesn't want to fight him because Islam doesn't make sense for him. Islam's twelfth in the lightweight division. RDA is twelfth in the welterweight division. Oh, so, okay. I mean, well, I think regardless, though, RDA was a former champion. So if he fights yeah. at one fifty-five, you're fighting proven a proven commodity. Um, so let's let's see. I think the lightweight division is shaping up to be super interesting because from one to, I mean, lightweight is the most active division in the UFC. Would we agree? Uh, in the whole of MMA. In the UFC, in the UFC, lightweight division is the best in all the world. Same, yeah, 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 stacked as. But then, like, even in Bellator and one, the most stacked divisions are always lightweights. Yeah. The how ones the UFC is just the 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 cream of the cream of the crop, bro. Yeah. Well, I look at let's let me read out um, the top five. Obviously, Justin Gaethje, Justin Khabib, obviously the champion. He hasn't fully vacated the belt, and now we're hearing all these reports that he might come back. But Khabib is a champ. Justin Gaethje one, Dustin Poirier two, Tony three, Connor four, Dan Hooker five, uh, Oliveira six, Oliveira six, Felder is seventh. Hi, Felder is seventh. Ferreira is eight. Ally Quinto's nine, so let's just go down the whole list. And Kevin Lee at ten, uh, yeah. Darius is eleven, uh, Islam Makhachev is twelve, Gillespie's thirteen, Drew Dober is fourteen, and then good old Cowboy Cerrone, who we think should retire at number fifteen. Yeah. 
Um, and <laughs> you also have Michael Chandler in the mix, and I'm going to say somewhere around the top five. Yep. So he's probably looking at a fight with, you know, either Justin, Dan Hooker, or Tony Ferguson. And I think it's going to look towards, I think he's going to have a fight with Tony. I, I think, think that makes some more sense. That's what we were discussing Tony, last time. Well, I think he called out Tony and Tony's calling out him. And that just seems to be the way these fights get made nowadays. You know what I mean? Well, let's bring up the scenario we did last time before we kind of finish everything off. Let's say Khabib is just out of the picture right now because we don't know what's going on with he that. Is, Justin Gaethje, I think, deserves another shot at that title, and he kind of just waits. Poirier and Connor is going to happen on the 23rd. Now, I wanted to touch base on that because uh, I think Poirier signed the contract, but Connor hasn't yet, so that's still a development that we're waiting on. That's going to happen on the 23rd. Let's say Tony and, and Michael Chandler happens on the same card or maybe a month after. And then either of those, those two dudes fight for, you know, for the number one contender against Justin Gaethje for a vacant title. Um, but if Khabib's still in division and says he wants to fight, um, which I'm not sure is going to happen anytime soon because we all know that he also has his religious holiday that he has to follow for about six months where he's not going to eat. Um, so... Uh, you know, apologies. Don't mean to offend anyone. I'm Jack. I just don't remember off the top of my head what that religious holiday is. Um, but Ramadan. Ramadan. Yes. Mm-hmm. The lightweight picture at the top is interesting because I think there's a lot of ton of there's great fights between um, the top ten of the division. But when it comes to the actual belt, Khabib is such an unknown right now that I think you just kind of have to wait and see how it plays out because it doesn't even sound like he's vacating. It doesn't even sound like now that he's done fighting. Yeah, it's really who knows. It's everyone's in limbo. No one knows what's going on. So I don't know what they're doing. Um, Khabib promised his mum that he wasn't going to fight, but then Dana's saying things. But you know, you can't believe anything that guy says because he's just, you know, he knows he knows the things. Dana's like a woman. He says things that um, <laughs> that he doesn't actually mean to try and get a result that he wants. You know what I mean? So he said like, Oh, so-and-so turned down this fight when that never actually happened. He just wants that guy to get a reaction out of him and pick it to, up. to pick the fight. Yeah, yeah. To take it, you know? So he does that a lot. He is manipulation. You know what I mean? And Dana telling everybody that Khabib's not retired. He's going to go for third, you know, he's going for third, you know, that has, absolutely nothing to do with what Khabib actually wants and the truth really lies with him and um, I don't know man I'm still pretty convinced that I don't think that he wants to um, uh, fight again and I think it's going to take something special to get him to fight again and if I could predict it I think that he's going to vacate the belt and if he fights again it'll be at 170 against George St. Pierre. Let's let's say great point and agree with that. But let's say Khabib doesn't vacate. Let's say he he wants to fight at least one more. He wants to go for 30 and 0. I think that's when he retires fully. Because if we're hearing all these rumors that the guy's not fully done, I, he... I think I think I think those these conversations don't really start when, you know, if we're just lolling here. Like... And, yeah, I yeah, mean, we don't know. yeah. You know, so but let me say this. Let's say Khabib wants to fight one more time. We're not even going to yeah. see him until next year this time anyways. Next year, late next year. Yeah. So 
the lightweight division, the timeline works out perfectly. You have one fight that's going to move the needle next month, or sorry, the first month of the year on the 23rd. Um, The fight could happen simultaneously around, you know, maybe February, March after probably latest between Tony and Michael Chandler. You know, you you can go four or five, six months down. You're hitting June and July. You could have that fight happen. And then, you know, things are interesting again. Because now you've got um, three guys that are within that picture. My favorite idea is the idea of a um, tournament. Bro. Bellator did that well. Yeah, they did, man. I want to see the best in the world have a tournament. And maybe, like, you know, like a... I guess like a eight man tournament would be we've got a, we've got eight lightweights that can all hang with each other, you know what I mean? And there could be some upsets you just don't know. And I say you have this eight man tournament and then the winner fights could be Do we just go purely off rankings or do we go from who's had the best success? Because I think that's the UFC rankings no. are not like a standings. They're not no. like an NBA or an NHL where you got no. conference wins where a guy's got the best record. You go, you go now because you fought, you fight for your rank, right? Yeah. So you go like 90% off the rankings, but then you take the top six for sure. But then you put Michael Chandler in there. Okay. And then you put, you put RDA in there. Mm. So let me, so let's read it out then. So let's say um, RDA is seventh then because RDA has been in the fight game and he's ranked in the welterweight. Michael Chandler is the eight seed. So let's look at it as seeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not ranking so, seeds. So yeah. let's look at a seeds, right? But let's go 90% off the rankings. Justin Gaethje won. Yep. It's Michael Chandler. Oh, n- yeah, okay. Right? Because we're going, we're going bum, 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 right? So we're going. Well, yeah, okay. That's a. Because it's almost like the best guy versus it's... the worst guy. Because I think oh, that, this, you know, they're not ranked. So that's yeah. why I'm saying. Where how how are we going to tell what division these guys go into and what seating these guys go into? Yeah, yeah okay, no, yeah, that's the fight. Justin Gagey, Chandler, and then you go Tony Ferguson, Dan Hooker. You have Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor, and then you have Left Oliveira and RDA and RDA. That's yeah, that's good. Yeah, Holy. and then, you, then it cuts down to two fights. You take the winners of each one. The only thing that could mess this up is a draw, but I don't think that's going to happen. How how did Bellator do it? Did they run that thing for a whole year? Yeah. So, so that means we're not going to see Khabib or a lightweight fight the, for an entire problem, year. Where the problem lies in this setup is injuries. So if someone gets injured to the point where, like, because you can win a fight and break your hand. You know what well, I mean? Yeah. Well, that means a guy is going to have to. But let's say best case scenario, mm-hmm. I don't get injured. Even still, I have to fight three times in one year. Yeah. Let's just do it like that. Let's just m- make these guys sign the contract to fight each other before it even happens. And <laughs> because then also you have like, because um, you just don't know how reliable Connor's going to be either. Because he's not the. He he claims to be reliable, but you can't he only believe fights it. once a year. You got you can't believe it until um, action is, you know, action over words, bro. Hundred percent. But like to be fair though, he's he he's been begging for fights and 
Um, he did have a season planned, and then that got screwed by the coronavirus. But you know, I want to. I, tr- him- I, tr- I truthfully believe he would have been fighting actively if it wasn't for COVID. Dude. I truthfully believe that he is better than ever right now. And I think that he runs through that tournament, if say it happens, like a hot knife through butter, son. I think there's not one of those guys in the lightweight division that stand next to that man. I don't think there's one of those guys that doesn't get absolutely slept by him. That's just my honest opinion. And then he loses to Khabib in the fourth round. Well, <laughs> that's the what if, because if, this, right. if he's as good as he is, but Khabib's damn good too. Right, there's two Khabib. It's just so hard because I would love Connor to win that fight, you know what I mean? But we haven't seen Connor fight, we didn't see Connor fight Khabib at his prime, he was barely training yeah. for that. So, he says, so he says, but he was training. But it doesn't matter, I, I think it's a form thing. So, I think now, judging by what he did to Cowboy and how he looked, and his even though we only saw 40 seconds, it was his viciousness and his um attacking mindset where he landed those shoulder strikes in, you know, an odd, um, like a clinching situation right in the center. And he damaged Cowboy with that. And that those sort of weapons is unlike anything we've ever seen before. Yeah. The variety he was able to do it and how quickly and how explosive he was able to do it. And like his, he's got a, um, a very primal attacking vicious mind to be able to, you know what I mean? To be able to, um, just shots like that, you know what I mean? And like he's always sort of had that, and he, he's a he's a real he's a real fighter, that guy, man, you know. And he has never lost a rematch. Um, and he goes away and he makes extreme adjustments and he comes back and he does better. I think that his hardest fight is probably probably Khabib, but then it goes to Nate Diaz, and I think he wins that fight too. I think he shuts Nate Diaz out. I think he knocks his ass out this time because he levels up harder than anyone else in the game and he always has the only time he come back looking a bit roughy rocky was um uh after after fighting floyd mayweather and coming back and fighting khabib that's it well that's what happens when you have a hundred million dollars and and doing blow so yeah yeah. but anyways (laughs) that's a great idea for lightweight division let's leave it at that let's look forward a little bit before we end this one off ufc 255 happening this saturday <laughs> I mean, Valentina Shevchenko is the main event. Valentina <laughs> no. yeah. Shevchenko, uh, right. you know, I hate to be this person, but I'm rooting for her. I, I think she's one of my favorite fighters. Um, just a, just a beast. Uh, I really think that she should have been the main event over Davison Figueredo because, as, as killer nice. as he is, as yep. killer as he is, nobody gives a fuck about him. Sorry. Nah, and um, no one cares about though. Nah, you're right. Nobody knows um, who Alex Perez is. Other than, <laughs> bro, I watched the Dan Hooker podcast the other day, and he had um he had Kaikara France on there, and yeah. obviously Kaikara France know who Perez is because he's a flyweight. Yeah, but Dan, Dan Hooker didn't know who he was. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is the number. Who is this? The number five lightweight we're talking about does not yeah. know who he. <laughs> he's but... like, who's this? He's like, he's like you. That's why he had Kai on there. He's like, you might know about this guy. <laughs> no, the people that like UFC fighters don't know about this guy. Like, who the fuck is that guy? I'm who sorry, but who's just, that guy? It is just a light. It's a fly. It's a flyweight thing, and yeah, it's hard to have superstars down in that those divisions. And I'm just sorry to whoever I'm offending, 
but it is what it is and there's nothing you can do about it because you're five foot four so it sounds like you're you're here on the <laughs> you're on the side of cutting that division all together and just throwing them all in the bantamweight division i am and if you all can't right. make it then you can't make it go to one go get some money <laughs> do do it to Beatrice johnson then uh Hey, I mean, yeah. the man's yeah. making so much money over there, and he's one of the greatest of all time. But a lot of people still don't know who he is. Um, so, um, Valentina Shevchenko, bro. I was thinking about this last night. We this UFC is so cool because we have like a real life. We have like real life Drago. You know what I mean? <laughs> we have a, Russian, a Russian Terminator. The only difference is this one doesn't lose. You know, very rarely does she lose. Only to Amanda Nunes, apparently. Yeah. But that's no, that's. But Did she? She, has, she lost to Joanna and Jacek too, right? I couldn't even tell you, bro. I don't know the last. I don't remember the last time she lost, but I do know it was to she's, Amanda. She's leveled Amanda. up. She's leveled up though. She's she wasn't Drago then. She was like a teenager Drago. Now she's like full Drago. If you know what I'm saying. I'm sorry, I'm wrong. Two years ago, she beat uh, Joanna and Jacek. They went the distance. On UFC yep. 231. Yeah, that's so, my fault, too. Yeah, yeah, Jesus, don't be talking shit about Drago, bro. Hey, hey, I, I, what did I say? I love Valentina Shevchenko. I'm a huge fan. She's one of my favorite fighters. Uh, I'm rooting for her to win that fight and, and uh, to continue on her ways. I would have loved to see her against uh, Juliana Andrade, though. But Yeah, whatever. I want to see her go up and fight um, Amanda because I honestly think that she has hit another gear. Yeah, and she's she's destroying, and there's no one in her division that's gonna beat her. Uh, we're gonna we'll see next weekend. Let's talk about looking forward. Here's my prediction: she goes in there and smashes her. She goes in there and destroys her opponent, and you know what she does in a fight after this one? The same thing again, and the same thing again. And there's not many people that I can say that about. This girl is the drago that does not lose. You know, she's vicious. Yeah, she hasn't lost in the UFC. She hasn't. Oh, well, except for Amanda. So let's take that out because no one, no one beats Amanda. Um, but that would be the, that would, I think a third fight needs to happen. But her last, mm-hmm. her last loss in her professional career was yeah. to Liz Carmouche in 2010. C3 fights. That's Ruben, 10 years ago. Years yeah. Old, <laughs> Shut up. I was 14. <laughs> yeah, I was 14. And I knew who George St. Pierre was back then. Okay. Um, I was, uh, how I was, I was 18. I think I was 18. Oh, okay. So you're four years old than me. You old man. Yeah. But all right. Well, you know, this card is going to be fun. I'm more so looking forward to Shevchenko fight and, and uh, seeing who the hell is going to be Mike Perry's corner. Um, <laughs> he's fighting Tim Means. I don't know who the hell is that guy. Um, but <laughs> no, yeah. uh, let's just take a look at everything else after um, what is happening. So I believe we have the Blades and the Derek Lewis uh, fight night that's happening after that. And then yep. um, it's going to be Hermanson and Kevin Holland. So that's going to be a fun one. We we asked to see more of Kevin Holland and we're going to get to see him on uh, December 5. So, I mean, it doesn't look like there's anything else happening for the rest of the year not that i see off of the ufc page so those are the three big events that we need to watch out for um but yeah man i think that's that's pretty much it for today's podcast thank you guys for tuning in to episode seven of the sunday mma show i'm ruben don gallon jr and for my co-host trent mcgregor appreciate you guys stay tuned next week we're out